Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty. We are so excited to bring you a multi-episode podcast where you'll hear from some of our program staff in Africa on a day in the life. I was just in Uganda and sat down with three of our amazing coordinators and got to hear more of the behind the scenes of their work. You'll even get to hear sounds of insects and birds chirping throughout the podcast. I know you'll hear the spirit of hospitality that Uganda is known for. My hope is that this podcast will provide a bit more context of the work that takes place each day. It's always an honor and privilege to spend time with our country staff and hear their passion for their work. Uh, One of the changes that I have also observed is seeing the lives of the children being transformed. For the last seven years that uh, I have been in the community of Kabramaido, Hope has enabled me or Hope Chase has given me opportunity to touch the lives of many children and many lives of the people in the community. So I think if there's any big uh, achievement that we should celebrate as Hope Chase, It is seeing the lives of the people in these communities being transformed. Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty, a podcast that challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders and processing how we can help to alleviate poverty without harming those living in vulnerable communities. We are Children's Hope Chest, and we believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty. Well, hello, everybody. We are so excited about um, today's podcast, and I have the awesome privilege to be able to interview three of our CarePoint staff here in Uganda. I'm currently here in Uganda with my colleague Tesfa, spending the week uh, with all of our CarePoint staff and our office staff, spending time together and fellowshipping and and doing some trainings as well. And so uh, we thought that it would be fun to introduce you to three of our project coordinators here in Uganda. And uh, we thought that our listeners would enjoy hearing kind of a day in the life. What is their day-to-day stuff like because these individuals and many, many more um, around the world for Children's Hope Chest spend their time, spend their days at the care points in these communities um, with these children, their parents and guardians, and they they are in it. They are in it every single day. For many of them, uh, you'll hear that it's not just a job for them, but it's something that they are truly, truly passionate about. We're gonna start, and I'm gonna have each of them introduce themselves, and then we'll get going. So Ezra, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone listening out there. My name is Ezra Okecho. I work as a project coordinator for Kakira CarePoint. Hello everyone listening out. My name is Philip. I work for Kabramaido CarePoint as a project coordinator. I have been working with Children's Hope Chase. This is going to be my seventh year. I've been making seven years in May on the 17th. Thank you so much. Hello everyone. My name is Tela Iponu. I work for Adachar CarePoint. been working for Children's Subject for four years now, and uh, my life has not remained the same. My daily life at the care point, most times I wake up at around six and then organize myself, and by eight, if I'm 
latest at the care point i reach at 8:30 and then i start with the having the rounds because my care point is a little big so i have like i move around check the poultry the birds are they okay throughout the night like checking to see if everything is okay and then i check with the support staff whether they've reported to work and all that and then i also check with the water system and see whether it's still working and then do the back washing because we have the healing water system at our care point at our project so i check whether it's working well and then after that i get to the office like enter sit down and then have devotion with my colleagues after devotion because sometimes people report at different times so we kind of wait a bit for devotion so most times we have devotion with uh, even the girls who do tailoring at the care point after devotion that's around 10 now we have our breakfast after breakfast then we start if we are going to have a home visit i go for a home visit but if that day we have a guardians meeting because the daily activities depend on what programs we have for that day so if we have a guardians meeting most times you find guardians start coming in and they are asking questions maybe concerning a child or the school of the child or the program maybe where they are going to take the child so or maybe the child was sick and they are trying to update you so you get engaged with the different guardians and so by the time the meeting sets in probably around 2 you go in for the meeting for like 2 hours discuss with them the programs that are at the care point like letter writing the different projects updates of different projects and mobilizing them to send children to school and maybe send children to come and write letters after that and then you also probably have a meeting with a management committee maybe after the the guardians meeting you meet the management committee or that is probably the time you have lunch you know because the whole day you've been busy talking to people and you didn't have time to like i don't have time to have lunch so as colleagues we sit together and then have lunch that's around 6 and then most times leave the care point at 7. And I just want to take a quick moment. Thank you Stella for going through some of that. I just want to quick take a quick moment and let our listeners know that you are probably going to be hearing in the background some of the the sounds here in Uganda. Um and so bear with us as we're going through all of this and so I hope that some of those it's a bird or something out there. Um singing to us. So, um one of my questions that I wanted to ask and as I know that you'll explain a little bit about kind of your day in the life, but I can also assume that no two days are the exact same. That your your schedule is very dependent upon what is going on within the community or the children or if there's different circumstances that have come up. And so Ezra, I would love to hear from you a little bit about some of the differences between day to day. Okay, thank you Rachel. My day always begins at 5:30 in the morning. That's when I wake up to begin preparing for my uh day of work mm. in office. That's the, early. 
at the care point. Very, very early. Yeah, it's early, but uh, sometimes I wake up and have time to look at uh, the computer, look at uh, work in the iPad, if there's anything that I need to respond to or to complete before I get to the office. So by 7.40 to 8, I must be arriving to the care point. And then uh, devotions always begin at 8. And that one takes as for 30 minutes and a morning devotion means uh, having time to share about uh, the goodness of the Lord and to share about the word of Jesus Christ together and that one is uh, purposely to give us spiritual encouragement mm. on how to go through a day yeah then after that after the morning devotion of course I'll be guided by my to-do list before I begin my day, I already know that on such a day, these are the activities that I must execute. So I will prioritize my uh, activities in the day. Which one am I beginning with? For example, in Kakira, the household heads always wake up very early in the morning to go for work. So if I have to go for home visitation, I have to plan that in the afternoon mm -hmm. when they are done with their with their work. So in the morning, may do a bit of filing of the documents of the children, like report cards, like the monitoring forms, and any other relevant document that needs to be on the files of the children. And then we plan for uh, going out for the community activities like the outreaches and the the home visitation in the afternoon mm -hmm. because it is a community that is defined to be like semi-urban people always move up early in the morning to go and uh, look for a living mm -hmm. and then they come back in the afternoon or others even the evening but i also want to share that uh, i have uh, excitingly worked for Hope Chase for mm. the last five years. Mm -hmm. I joined Hope Chase in 2014 in October. Hope Chase has not left me the same mm. as I've been working in the communities to transform the lives of the children and the community members. I myself have been transformed because Hope Chase has given me opportunities to learn just like one of our core values that we have continuous learning. Various trainings that aims at uh, building the capacity of staff has been given unto me that has prepared me to be more valuable to the community transformation. I am so glad to share with you out there that uh, Hope Chase prepared me to be a trainer uh, of leadership, a trainer of Work for the Living uh, training program, a trainer of the Grief uh, Counseling program. So that is how Hope Chase has made me quite relevant to the community that I serve. And I'm so grateful for that. And then another interesting thing that I've also uh, thanked Hope Chest for is the opportunity that it has given me to uh, build a stronger relationship with my God. I grew up in a, a family background where we were strong Christians, but uh, I, I did have that strong uh, relationship with my God. But when I joined Hope Chest, there was a lot of opportunity of having prayer retreats, uh, having prayer retreats as staff, and we have always been given opportunity to have self-reflection, to examine our, our personal connection with God. 
and this has uh, helped me to reconnect back to my God and see how I can help other children out there, other community members out there to connect back to God. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. If you are enjoying this episode and want to support future leaders in Uganda, you can donate to the Uganda Leadership and Development Program through the link in our podcast bio or at hopechess.org backslash Uganda Leadership. When you empower a future leader, you empower a community. Philip, I know that uh, you said that you've been with Hope Chess for seven years. And so in the work that you guys do each and every day, it's, it's not easy. Um, and I know this week we've been talking a lot about self-care and you know um, different ways to, to encourage each other. And I'm just wondering if you can share a little bit of how you find encouragement in your work, um, even if there's hard circumstances that you are engaged with on any particular day. How do you, how do you find yourself grounded and encouraged? Thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, just like I said before, that I, I worked with Children's Hope Chess. This is going to be my seventh year. It has not been easy. There have been a lot of challenges, but I am glad amid all the challenges, there were a lot of things that I was able to learn in all those challenges. I discovered that in all the challenges uh, that I encountered at the place of work, all of them had a purpose and they were all able to build me. So maybe I would want to share with uh, you one of the challenges that I have encountered in Cabramaido. Uh, as the staff of Children's Hopes, one of our responsibilities is to uh, protect the rights of the children. So uh, child protection is one of the key roles and responsibilities that we perform. I would like to share with us one of the scenarios that uh, sometimes in the communities where we work, there are some other people who like defiling the young girls, the children that have not yet reached 18 years. In Uganda, according to the laws of Uganda, anyone who has not reached 18 years is not allowed to get married. But we have seen scenarios where some uh, people are not well-wishers. They end up spoiling the young girls, uh, impregnate them. But as uh, the children's advocate, we have always reported such cases to police and we follow them mm -hmm. and we want justice to be uh, accorded to such children. But we have found a challenge. Where we have found a challenge is that Sometimes uh, the staff have a different perspective about child protection, but we find the guardians of the children, they are not really in line. They want to marry off the young children, and you find a challenge instead of the guardians or the parents of these children to rally behind you, to support, uh, that, to support you and see that justice is provided to this young girl who is pregnant, who is vulnerable, no one is ready to take care of the pregnancy and take care of uh, supporting her life during this moment. You find the guardians of uh, the, the just sideline, you the staff, 
then uh, they marry off the girl without your notice. So in most cases, what we have always done, we report such cases and we end up being frustrated because no one is willing to rally behind you to support you mm. when it comes to are going to court to follow the legal issues and all that mm. then it becomes so frustrating it, uh, instead of the guardians appreciating that you want to protect the child instead they make you to become become an enemy mm. and they begin hunting talking ill about you threatening your life mm. but all in all our encouraging our encouragement is always that me personally in whatever in all the things that i do I do to please God mm. and uh, my work with Children's Hope Chase I see it as an opportunity for me to serve God so it encourages me I mean it's all the threats I know that after all it is God who's going to reward me mm. yeah thank you for sharing that I am wondering if I mean for you to say that you feel like everything has a purpose whether it's hard or good um, and, and we do know everything, you know, God's plans are bigger than ours and there is a purpose to it. With your roles, and you talked a lot about being child advocates, and so much of what Hope Chest does is not just working with the child, but then also to expand within the community that the, the children in our care points are from. And so what changes have you all seen and experienced in the communities now that you've been at Hope Chest long enough? Um, it's not a new job for you. You've, you've been around, you've been able to be part of implementing some of the change. Can one of you speak to what, what some of the changes that you've seen in the communities um, since Hope Chest has been working there? Uh, f- from the time I started working in, uh, with Hope Chest, I started working in Nabucal Care Point. And um, it's just uh, one month ago that I was transferred to Kakira. But the changes that I've observed uh, occurring in the previous community where I've been working is uh, the the sense of ownership of the of the programs and or the projects that we implement as 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 the organization. The community has accepted that these are their own projects and therefore they need to be on top of everything uh, from the time of planning. Mm. Uh, towards the time of implementation or even monitoring of those projects. And this gives us a very strong hope that uh, the sustainability that we yearn for is soon happening. Mm. So that is the biggest change that I'm seeing in my community. The ownership Uh, and the empowerment. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Ezra. Uh, One of the changes that I have also observed is seeing the lives of the children being transformed. For the last seven years that uh, I have been in the community of Cabramaido, Hope Chase enabled me or Hope Chase has given me opportunity to touch the lives of many children, and many lives of the people in the community. So I think if there's any big uh, achievement that we should celebrate as Hope Chase, it is seeing the lives of the people in these communities being transformed. Mm. That is all that makes me happy, and I believe it is what makes us as Hope Chase to be too excited for what God is give, doing in the lives of these people through, through, through us. 
Thank you. Uh, for me, I have seen change in education. Like previously, when I went to this location at the Char, most of the children used to drop out of school. And as time went on, I don't know, I think the parents just didn't care. They just didn't bother. They thought like the organization has to take all the responsibility for the children. And so even when there is something very little for somebody to contribute towards maybe a test in school, people would just ignore. But with time, they've learned to embrace because now, for example, the care point where I work in Adachar, we have a child who has completed university. Mm. And so they have reached a point, just like Ezra said, empowerment. They've reached a point where they are seeing some fruits from the sponsorship program. And so they are like, we need to hold on to this. You know, We need to support this organization. We need to be part of it so that we can benefit as individuals, not as a whole. So, and then also the, the change that I've seen is in the, the way the guardians uh, embrace the programs of the care point. For instance, if there is a meeting, they will come for the meeting, but also the other thing is now we have built relationships with them. These parents open up to you. Like sometimes when you look at the age difference, you'd think like as staff, we are the ones who are supposed to go and ask for guidance from them. But instead they come to us, they look up to us as staff members in the care point. Some of them come and they have family issues like with their spouses and they are crying in the office. And as a staff, you have this opportunity to pray with them, to minister to them. And by the time they go back, next time when they come back, they tell you they are doing fine. So being able to reach out to people, not just from the core values, I mean, the core programs of Hope Chest, but reaching beyond, you know, what we would normally be expected to reach out in that even when somebody's child is not in the program, they still benefit from coming to ask you, mm. where can I take my child? How do I do this? So we help not only the children that are sponsored, but even the whole community. So I see change in that they are embracing, they are seeing us like friends, like we've gone there to help everybody, not only those who are directly benefiting from our program. Mm. Uh, maybe to add on what Stella just said about uh, people embracing the programs in the community, uh, we are so much uh, interested and so excited to see that our care points are not only reaching to the children who are sponsored, mm -hmm. but there are some children that we, as the staff working in those different locations, we have been able to identify them. And in one way or the other, we have been able to reach out and touch their lives. For example, uh, I can give the example of one of the projects that we are implementing in our care point. That is the GOATS project. All the sponsored children were given the goods, but these goods kept on uh, multiplying, mm -hmm. and we were able to identify 40 children who are not in the sponsorship program, and we were able to give them. So 
that is one of the ways that we are reaching out and mm. touching their lives and i believe they have really come to appreciate that the interventions of children's hope yes it is not only for the children that are being sponsored but it is for the entire community so we are waiting in the next few years we are going to see a very big change in the lives of the sponsored children in the lives of the people who are not sponsored and all that so that is what we are seeing that hope chase is touching the lives of many people and many people are owning this sponsorship program awesome okay and another change that um, i have also observed and this is specific to the lives of the children just to give a testimony about uh, the children in my community um, their discipline mm -hmm. has really been transformed mm -hmm. and this has been um, a result of the discipleship programming that we have in the care point because we always engage them uh, to teach them about the, the, the good morals acceptable morals in the society and then we tell them to go and disseminate the same information to other children out there because we may not be able to reach out to all the children so we've been getting testimonies from the community about our children mm. on how they, they 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 set an age on how they behave mm. they behave well they have good morals and this makes us proud because it is as a result of the input of children's hope chest thank you for listening to this episode of children's hope chest build relationships break poverty you can follow hope chest on instagram facebook and twitter if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast.